Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tenderness see? Who through life has been my guide? message today is is a challenging message but it's wonderful because today's message is about the topic everybody loves it's the root of all sin and that is pride and I'm sure nobody in this room struggles with pride <laughs> but again it's the root of every sin but you know we've been looking at um, in Daniel we've been talking about and reading about and studying about King Nebuchadnezzar and we know this man is a prideful man. He's got a horrible temper. And again, nobody in this room can relate, but it's okay. You'll just have to pretend. So here's the thing, though, about him. We know this. In this chapter, Daniel chapter 4 is so powerful and amazing because interjected into the Holy Word of God, inspired by God. Remember, that's God-breathed. Daniel inserts this letter from King Nebuchadnezzar, a Gentile king. That's what Daniel chapter 4 is all about. It's a letter, it's a testimony of a prideful king, a Gentile king. And this chapter has so many lessons for you and me, and I just think it's very pertinent and very important. The overarching theme, again, is pride. Because we know the, the root of every sin is pride. Remember, the first sin ever committed in Scripture is Satan, in his pride, said, I will raise my throne to that of God. I will be like the Most High. Those five I will statements, remember, I will, I will, I will. It was all about him. Every sin from there on out was rooted in pride. All of your sin is rooted in pride because pride is all about self. It's denying what the Lord wants. It's denying what others want and doing what I want. And so every sin is rooted in pride. And as I've stated before, you know, God will make it as easy on us as we let him. And King Nebuchadnezzar is going to find that out. He found that out. And we're going to find out through him, through his message. But know this, God loved King Nebuchadnezzar enough to break him. And he loves you enough to break you. He loves me enough to break me and to continually break us, to make us so that we have to rely on him, so that we're always looking to him. And so this chapter serves as a powerful warning about pride, but I don't want us to miss this is also a powerful message about God's love and his grace and his mercy. You know, the tribulation, we've talked about this, the tribulation itself is an act of mercy so that any that will be saved will be saved. It would be saved, will be saved. He'll make it incrementally bad so that anybody who is willing to come to him will. And we see that in this chapter. But unfortunately, what we're going to see is a king who holds on to his pride just too long. But God was not, not done with King Nebuchadnezzar. He had a future for him, and he has a future for you and me both. And so with that, we're going to dive in. I'm going to read the first nine verses. We'll pray, and then we'll go through this. And I have to tell you, you know, one of the things I often say is, we just teach the word line by line. We go through the word, and that's what we should do. 
And I've said often, it'd be better if some pastors would just read the Bible. It'd be better than, than trying to do some three-point sermon with your opinion. And so just know today, we're just going to be basically reading the Bible. That's most, the bulk of the message, which is great because it's God's word and it won't return void. Daniel chapter four, starting at verse one, Nebuchadnezzar, the king to all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I thought it good to declare the signs and wonders that the most high God has worked for me. Now stop there. So this is a decree that King Nebuchadnezzar, we know from historical accounts, especially from the Bible, he put this out. Remember, he's ruling over the whole world. All nations are under him. And he is ruling over the whole world. He has now been through an experience that's changed his life. Have you ever been through something that changed your life, that God moved in a powerful way, and right after the fact, you just want to tell everybody? And then time goes on, and what happens? It dissipates. But King Nebuchadnezzar, to his credit, posts this decree all over the land. And that's what this is saying. Verse 3, how great are his signs and how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. I, Nebuchadnezzar, these are his words, was, which, uh, was at rest in my house and flourishing in my palace. I saw a dream which made me afraid and the thoughts on my bed and the visions of my head troubled me. Verse 6, therefore I issued a decree to bring in all the wise men of Babylon before me that they might make known to me the interpretation of the dream. Then the magicians, the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers came in, and I told them the dream, but they did not make known to me its interpretation. Verse 8, but at last Daniel came before me. His name is Belteshazzar, according to the name of my God in whom is the spirit of the holy God. And I told the dream before him, saying, Belteshazzar, chief of the magicians, because I know that the spirit of the holy God is in you and no secret troubles you, explain to me the visions of my dream that I have seen in its interpretation. Let's pray. Father, this is your word. And Lord, this chapter has so many powerful messages, Lord, about pride and about turning to you. And God, just help us right now. All of us that are here, Lord, help us to hear this message Help it to just get deep into our hearts and minds and change us from the inside out. And Lord, help us to not be like Nebuchadnezzar, to not be so prideful and hold on to our sin and to our pride. But Lord, help us to be those who yield to, to you daily. Lord, we praise you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. So again, we know about this king we've seen in the first three chapters that he is so prideful. He's so hot-tempered. He's a brutal king. He's not afraid to chop people up and then burn down their houses for good measure. We've seen that a few times. And last week we saw when these three young men defied him, they wouldn't uh, bow to his statue that he created. He got so angry that he heated that furnace seven times hotter than usual. He lost his temper, and what did it do? It ended up hurting him more than it hurted them, or hurt them because he lost many of his mighty men, the soldiers that threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the furnace. But we saw something incredible. Nebuchadnezzar saw something incredible because we know the Lord himself showed up in the form of theophany, in a Christophany, before the incarnation. The Lord showed up in that furnace himself. The angel of the Lord in that instance was the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. How powerful is that? And I, I mentioned this last week. When we stand for Jesus, he stands for us. Just remember that in these days that we have ahead of us. But last week we saw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They got in that fire, but the king was taken back by the God of these three young men. And we know previously that he saw the power of God, the one true God in David, or in, uh, I'm sorry, in Daniel as well. 
in Daniel and these three men. In, in fact, in chapter 2, I want to mention this again because this is worth repeating, showing you where Nebuchadnezzar was. Daniel 2.47, remember what Nebuchadnezzar said to, Dan, or, to Daniel. He said, truly your God is the God of gods, the Lord of kings and a revealer of secrets, since you could reveal this secret. He knew how powerful and amazing God was. And yet he still wouldn't yield to him. And then in chapter 3, last week we saw this. This is what he told the three young men. He said, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. And they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies, that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. He even respects that they're worshiping the one true god. But then in verse 29 he says this. He even makes a decree about this God. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces. He's, man, he's all about cutting people into pieces, isn't he? And their houses shall be made in ash heap because there is no other God who can deliver like this. Do you understand? He sees how powerful and amazing this God is. And yet, notice, he called him, he called Daniel's God your God, Daniel. Not only that, but he said this. He said, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He's calling God, the God, the one true God, their God. You see, the transition hasn't happened. This is the good kind of transition. Hasn't happened yet. He's not Nebuchadnezzar's God. He's their God. He sees them from a distance. And he even makes a decree that no one can speak ill will or ill of their God. Now, this is the problem. This is the same kind of thing we see today, the huge mistake, even in so-called churches today. How many people say, oh, that's, you know, the God of the universe. That's, they even call him my God, but they have a peripheral relationship. They don't really know him. Worse yet, he doesn't really know them. See, Nebuchadnezzar is making the mistake of he knows all the good things about this mighty God, this amazing God. He's even tasted of the miracles of this God. And yet he's never submitted his life to the God of the universe. He hasn't surrendered. And how many people still make that mistake today? They think they know God, but God doesn't know them. And I'm, I want to remind us today, because this is powerful, Matthew 7, 21 through 23 tells us there will be a lot of people who enter heaven the same way that Nebuchadnezzar was in this condition. They know about God, but they've never surrendered to God. They know about Jesus, but he doesn't know them. Matthew 7, 21 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Wow. You know, every time I mention this verse, it's so sobering. It's really horrifying, isn't it? See, because you can know about God. You can know of him. You can know of his works. But if he doesn't know you, if there's no relationship, Jesus is not about the peripheral relationship. You must have a relationship with the king of the universe. You must surrender your life to him. You can't just know about him. You must utterly know him. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m.
For more information visit our website. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, golgothafellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.